value is a funny concept. Somehow, human beings turned something abstract into something concrete. What was once just the notion that something meant something to someone became a measure of worth in real, absolute terms. How much does it mean to them? Not everything can be measured in numbers, but we hold the ruler up to more and more objects, events, circumstances, and concepts anyway. In that regard, we might be the irrational ones. I doubt a demon ever cared how much something cost. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, your king, your acquisitive demon. It's me, Kat. Hello. There it is. With me. Having taken longer than usual to fall into my trap, but having fallen into it, nonetheless, Kirsten is with us. I am here, and I am in the trap. It is a very fun trap, though. I'm excited. <laughs> it's that little red cage from Mousetrap. <laughs> Mousetrap's such a good game. Oh. <laughs> he's from the past, and he's here to help. It's Nick. I'm not from that far in the past, at least. This is true. Just a little bit. There's a further past. And a jewel without price, Kathleen. Hi there. Hi. Hi. I don't actually have any idea how Mass Trap was played. I just knew that you could set up the little trap and it would go down. And then that was the entire game. Yeah, I don't think I actually ever played it properly. The more I think about it, the more I think that my memories of Mousetrap are actually memories of Grape Escape because they're pretty violent. Ah. And that's the way you do it when you play the Grape Escape. You mush your little Play-Doh men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. (laughs) Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party did some research to find out what exactly or who exactly was behind the vanishing of nobles in Stageport. They visited the rooftop garden maintained by Duke Henry Sterrenvale and his wife Felicity and had a lovely tea there. They visited the client, the Redwater family. They spoke with the eldest, Anjin, who helped them arrange a party where they could gather more information. Penelope discovered that she very much likes how she looks in a suit. And the gears kind of started turning a little bit for Penelope, which is always dangerous and upsetting. And we closed on the sound of a bell. As I like to do, I'm going to be honest with you. But a sound that was hollow and hungry. So what I would like to do, as I have done in previous episodes in this arc, is visit the man with the lesson himself. Cobb, it is afternoon. And what started out as a little nap has extended for hours. Sada's still asleep. The two of you are out on your fishing boat. It is a beautiful day. The sky is clear and the sun is shining. And he probably should have been awake by now. Uh, we're going to get so sunburned out here. Come on, Sot, wake up. Wake up. Uh, uh, uh. 
We've we've been out maybe a little too long in the sun. What do you say we uh, wrap our catch up, head back in, and um, I don't know. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of groggily nods. Um, can I get a sensitivity? Do you have medicine? I don't. N- no, Cobb does not have medicine. Humanity? Cobb does have that. Could you please? Uh, Cobb got one success. One success will tell you that he is flushed. And it is not hot enough for him to be sweating as much as he is. Are you doing okay there? And Cobb will sort of put his hand up to his forehead. It is, yeah, he's extremely warm. Uh, Well, I think we're going to have to call it for now. Uh, you don't, you don't feel too great. Let's, let's go in and get you some, uh, go to the apothecary. We'll get you some medicine. Okay. We'll get you some rest. Okay. We're fishing. Well, we were fishing. We'll, we'll be, we'll be fishing again soon. Okay. We'll go fishing. I got a good fish. And he just kind of starts trailing off and slumps against you dozes off again. All right, all right, well, I guess just take it easy for now. And Cobb is going to row the boat back over to the dock. And I guess probably look up a doctor. Okay. Yeah, I think you get sought back to the lodge, get him cozy in a bed. He's started shivering, so he wants all the blankets. That's not necessarily what he needs right now, but at this point you can recognize that he's feverish and go get a doctor. Go get some anti-fever medicine and, I don't know, probably something fun for Sot as well, because he's most likely going to want something to occupy him seeing as our fishing trip may have just been cut short. Okay, that's sweet. So you you pick him up some children's Tylenol and some, uh, maybe... Can I suggest a pack of cards? Sure, that sounds great. Yeah. I think the two of you will sit in your room at the lodge, and after the medicine, he's a little bit more lucid, and you guys play cards while you wait for the doctor to arrive, and it doesn't take long. The doctor confirms exactly what Cobb already knew, that he's he's come down with a fever and that he needs to rest. Prescribes some medication, hands you a script for it, and... Gives you strict instructions to come find them again if anything changes. All right, will do, Doc. Well, I think fishing is off the menu for now, but... Mm. um, Sorry, Captain. No, it happens. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Something that we could do here? Uh, Can I get you anything? Hmm... I'm a little thirsty. All right, I'll go grab some water. Okay. Thanks, Captain. No, just hang in there. Just take it easy. Mm. And Cobb is going to go find a nice pitcher of water somewhere that he can get something. Yeah. Maybe with a little lemon in it or I don't know. That's nice. I think the two of you probably spend the afternoon telling pirate stories and playing cards. A good way for a couple of pirates to spend an afternoon, even if one of them is currently bedridden. And night falls and the two of you 
get some food. Sot's not super interested in food, but he can be convinced to have some soup. The soup here is excellent. And the fresh fish, of course, can't be beat. Even if you could only spend a little bit of time out there this morning. And around the dinner hour, the rest of the party is getting ready for a party. Did someone say party time? I didn't say party time. I explicitly didn't say party time, Kirsten. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) It's not that kind of party, Penelope. It's party time adjacent. No, it's work time for us. All right, all right. All right. (laughs) Before the party is due to start, you are at the Redwater Estate, in the backyard... The servants are bustling around, getting the buffet set up, getting everything just right. And it's time for all of you to get everything just right as well. Voltha is in what she refers to as a disguise, which is to say a dress slit dangerously, as is her style. Does she have, like, a knife hidden somewhere? Penelope ensures that she should have a knife hidden somewhere. Some of the knives are hidden. Oh, some. I like that. (laughs) She's found a tiny pirate hat that she has pinned into her hair. Just a little pirate fascinator. That's adorable. The longer this operation goes on, the less subtle she feels like being, which that's Wotha for you. (laughs) Where did you even find that? Uh, I don't think Penelope has much subtlety either, but she's trying her best. She's got she's got her her suit on and she's combed down and tied back her hair and was trying her best to look very professional but also tough and uh would it be subtlety humanity to figure out how well Penelope and Wolfa have figured out their hand signals could be subtlety humanity could be subtlety language did I actually give Penelope language no but Penelope does have subtlety humanity Oh, (laughs) two edge successes. If you keep the edge successes, you will inadvertently include in your hand sign language something that is extremely offensive. Oh, Uh oh, um, that's tough. Would Penelope just be so excited to use? I think Penelope, yeah, Penelope would just be so excited to use (laughs) hand signals. Yay, I'm glad. (laughs) They worked really hard to work on a signal. I do like, though, that it took a second there. I I appreciate that Penelope (laughs) is, while maybe being a bit of a whirlwind, still considerate. (laughs) Isn't that what she was supposed to have learned? Uh She did learn it. That's why she hesitated. So my next question is, what are Tissa and Marilyn doing to get ready for the operation? Are they doing that? (laughs) Well, didn't uh, Tissa and Gideon have a dinner date? Oh, yeah. So Tissa, I assume, is not paying a ton of attention to what's going on here then. No, she is probably taking a peek at the gardens and touching the plants and stuff before she doesn't get to do that anymore. Mm. Tissa, 
you don't hear a voice. You never hear a voice. We've been over this. Mm-hmm. But something nonetheless says to you, you know that she's watching, right? As she generally does, she pauses. Let's see. I mean, Marilyn is absolutely looking at Tessa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just an edge success on an understanding role. Like, I don't think that Tissa quite grocks that the Hrathmas is continuing to talk to her. Mm. She knows that she's getting aware of things occasionally and that later they make sense, but I don't know if she's quite recognizing it yet. Okay. If you keep this edge success, you will find out who she is and she will find out that you know. That sounds like it would make the plot happen. Mm. You look up at the bell tower where you heard that peculiar ringing earlier in the day. And you see an enormous silhouette poking out from the bell tower. It's distant, but it must be huge. And you can feel its gaze on you. Tiss uh, breaks line of sight with this thing. Steps behind. I don't know. This seems like the sort of place where there would be hedgerows or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Steps behind a hedgerow knowing that that's like, okay, this probably doesn't work, but uh, feels better to not immediately <laughs> be being observed. Mm. And I think Marilyn, who is watching, obviously sees her do that. Marilyn is... Uh fidgeting with her in-disguise outfit. Mm. She has her hair tied back in a very tight braid. She's wearing something that's not super fancy because obviously she doesn't really have the money to do something like that. But it's pretty nice for the fact that she's not normally wearing her weird baggy 18th century jumpsuit that she's normally seen in. Mm. She's got a like pretty nice skirt on and I think she still has a shawl of some sort. I don't know if she can give that up. I guess Tissa will find Marilyn. Um, I saw the demon and she saw me. Um, in the bell tower, I don't know if... The bell tower, you say? Yeah. Hmm, and Marilyn takes a look over at the bell tower. Well, it... It does give a very good vantage point of this, of all of this. Let's do a little bit of reconnaissance here first, and then I can pull us away from the party and we can go over there and check it out. Let me go talk to the distraction for a bit. I think we can, we can arrange something. Just as head cocks at the word distraction before putting two and two together. Well, I should say both of them. <laughs> So Wolfa is chatting with the staff. You can tell by the fact that she is doing that giggle she does (laughs) that she is gossiping. Well, she is doing research, but as far as the staff is concerned, she is gossiping. All right. And is Penelope within earshot? Does she want to be? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. If she can be. 
uh, <laughs> sensitivity humanity to see if she picks up anything? Sure thing. Nope. <laughs> nope, can't get close enough, I guess. She was going to go over, but then someone needed to have small foods passed to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Penelope has to keep her undercover process going. Absolutely. But Marilyn, what's the plan? Marilyn comes up to Waltha and... Hey, hey, Waltha. Um, mm-hmm. So... Oh, excuse us for a second. <laughs> she'll, she'll duck aside with Marilyn. Kind of away from the rest of the staff. So Tissa has a lead on where she thinks uh, we might be getting problems coming from. We're going to go check it out here in a little bit. But if you could give us some cover so we can duck out of the party without anybody noticing, that would be great. A diversion? Oh, I can do that. (laughs) Especially since she cranes her neck a little and some of the people are starting to filter in. I think I owe that little shit another beating. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll have your distraction. Okay, I'll... I'll I'll send you a signal. Don't don't get your physical instrumentality on just yet. Okay. Fun. And Legionnaire. Hmm? Make it hurt. <laughs> don't I always? <laughs> oh, are you going to bring Penelope? Might be a good idea. Yeah, backup might be nice. Wotha, it should be noted, has no clue about Penelope's demon history and doesn't know that actually this is a bad (laughs) idea. (laughs) Oh, am I to meet a new best friend? (laughs) (laughs) So Wotha heads off to go find Anjin and presumably appraise her of the plan and also go back to pretending to be her date. Just kind of wraps her arms around one of Anjin's biceps and... Leans up a little to whisper to her in a perfectly normal date fashion. As she leans up, the slit in her dress climbs to reveal a knife strapped to her thigh, and that's not normal date behavior, but you know what? You do what you gotta do in these trying times. That's normal wolfa behavior. Yeah, she's doing her best. And then people start filtering into the party. It's cool and normal. Yeah, and Marilyn is going to head back to Tissa and just kind of say, okay, I've, I've bought us a little bit of time, and certainly when we want to make an exit, we will have that covered. Mm. Let's take a look around a little bit here first, just to see if we can't maybe spot who might be the next mark. That could go a long way. Mm. Well, she saw me. Well, if, I suppose if maybe... If you are the mark, then that saves us a lot of trouble. But let's at least look around uh, for a little bit. You know, don't want to put all our eggs in one basket and all that. <laughs> let's see. No successes on subtlety humanity. Tissa looks uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Marilyn is going to roll subtlety long-range weapons to find a perch with which that she can get Tissa somewhere to overlook the party without causing her undue social stress, shall we say. Okay, yeah. A sniper nest. Hmm. You're rolling to find a sniper nest? Absolutely. Okay. Tell me the dice, please. Two successes. Two successes will let you know that actually... 
if you're reasonably athletic, you can make it onto the roof from a tree that's in the corner of the garden. Behind a hedgerow, mind you. A secluded little spot with a fountain clearly meant for a rendezvous of some kind. Hmm. But the tree will get you onto the roof if you want. Yeah, Marilyn's eyes are kind of following the little path there. You said your climbing was pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, 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 over here. I'll, I'll lend you a hand. Come on. And Marilyn walks Tissa over to the fountain and kind of points at the tree and says, okay, get up there. And from that point, you can climb over to that spot on the roof over there. So you can watch my back without having to uh, get crowded. And if anything else happens, uh, you can really easily give me a signal. I will make sure to always be within eyesight of the perch. So if anything happens, you can just let me know and we can be on our way. Tissa, like, almost stammers a little bit and was like, wait, okay, yes. No, climbing tree is a thing that I like to do. And that's two successes and two edges on daring athletics. I don't think I'll ask for more than two successes on that, to be honest with you. It's a reasonable climb. It's not an easy climb, but two successes will get you up, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sort of gets up leans the spear against the tree, gets up to a reasonable height, grabs the spear again, makes her way onto the roof with a little bit of a leap. And you find kind of a cozy little nest. If you peer out from around a corner, you can see the bell tower, but there's also a corner in the way so you can hide from the bell tower. And so she looks at Marilyn, looks at the crowd, realizes that she didn't explain that she was more worried for her own safety than, like, the the finding who the mark was, and realizes, oh, oh, is this going to interfere with dinner? Do I need to call Gideon? And... Can I call Gideon? And that's all that she's doing for now. Okay. You are aware of a concept, as you sometimes become aware of concepts. Mm -hmm. Something outside you, but still very internal, asks, are you afraid of her? And sort of the internal response is, why wouldn't I be? Whoever is using her as a weapon is not afraid of her. That seems like a bad idea. If you don't respect a thing, it's going to hurt you. That's right. What do you think you're going to do about that? Hmm. I don't know. And it's not a voice, and you can't hear it, but it falls silent. It was silent all along, but you can tell the difference. So now my question is, Marilyn, what is the plan? When are you and the others stealing away to the bell tower? The plan is we're going to let, you know, the vast majority of the party funnel in first. Everybody who wants to be here for, you know, networking reasons. Like, 
the couple stragglers who feel that they have to be here, probably not going to be Mark's. But, I mean, you never know. Uh, but Marilyn's plan is to, you know, kind of look over the party, keep an eye on everybody, try and kind of get the lay of the land, not mingle so much. That's not really what she's good at. But she's very good at observing people, and she does not have the issue with crowds that, that Tissa does. Being a city girl, she is used to this. Yeah. Growing up in, like, a herd of small children. This is where she feels comfortable. Okay. She is very well practiced at knowing how to be unobserved in a sea of people. So, the party gets started. There is a small band. By the standards of events like this, it's a quartet. It's a garden party. It would be inappropriate to have an entire orchestra. A quartet will do just fine. And they are playing something unobtrusive but elegant. The kind of music that you feel proud of yourself for listening to. There are tiny hors d'oeuvres. Penelope, you help to serve some tiny food. Some of it smells amazing. Some of it smells downright bizarre. I don't get to tell you what falls into what category, but some of this food, weird. All of it, tiny. Penelope's trying so hard not to eat some of it. Uh, she does really want to shove some in her pockets, but then she knows that would ruin her suit, so... <laughs> it's a rental. Yeah. Is it a rental or did she buy it? No, I think it's a rental. Okay. She, she would like to get one. She's really interested in getting one. But Wolfa instructed her on the care of the suit, and she's going to try her best. Yeah. Yeah, so she's serving food, trying to keep her ears open. I guess um, Penelope's going to keep another sensitivity humanity. Does she notice anything? I guess, can't really say out of the ordinary because she's never been to one of these, but does anything stick out to her? One success, one edge. If you keep the edge success, you'll have to act on this information. Oh. <sighs> yes. You notice a stiff-looking young man with a high starched collar and ornate clothes and a broken nose making his way over to talk to Wolfa and Anjim. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And um, does this individual look happy about the impending conversation or upset about the impending conversation? He is doing his best to maintain an expression of detached neutrality. All right. So Penelope is going to, as stealthily as she can, she's not very stealthy, but she's going to try her best to appear as if it's you know, for other reasons, but it move in the same direction as him. Because I think Penelope puts two and two together about the fight. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Penelope goes up to him and kind of goes in front. Tiny snack, sir. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh... uh. Excuse me? Tiny snacks, sir? You you should try them. They're they're delicious. Trust me. 
I'm doing my very best not to have some myself. <laughs> Marjoram, did you hear the tiny snacks? Oh, they're small. <laughs> I think enough people nearby look at this interaction that he notices people are watching and delicately takes a tiny snack from your tray. Thank you, he says with a slight inclination of his head. You're very welcome. And is there anything else that I can bring you? No, that will be quite all, thank you. All right. And now, here's where Penelope gives a hand signal to Wolfa about this guy coming. Being like, what are we going to do? So she's going to send a hand signal. Is that humanity subtlety? Yeah. Oh, three successes. Okay. You catch Wolfa's eye. You make a signal. Wolfa nods. And Elmley's craft, who that's who you're talking to, turns bright red. Excuse me? So, I'm sorry? What was... Any emotions towards your hands? Oh. It wasn't... What gutter did they pick you out of? Do you I, think you can gesture like that in public? I... I I'm a guest! I, uh, I'm I'm terribly sorry. I I mean I I'm I'm new I'm new to these this I, <laughs> it's my first day. There are party members who are giggling behind their hands. There are several people who are blushing. It's 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 my first. Whatever you've accidentally done, it was scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I I I did I I didn't do anything in, in, intentionally. I, I'm I'm very sorry. Um, oh, I see. You accidentally. Dentally. Yes. And I need to figure out what this gesture means. I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean anything by, I, I, uh, perhaps, perhaps it's well, a... No, it has a very clear meaning. You did mean something. It has a very clear meaning. I, it, I, from, from where I, I am, it's, it's, it, I didn't know that it had a different meaning here. I, I, mm. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm still, I'm still learning the ways of, of, of Stageport. I'm terribly sorry. Marilyn. Marilyn. Yes? Both it catches your eye and gives you a very small, almost imperceptible apologetic shrug. <laughs> and then stalks over. Oh, boy. Uh, Marilyn is going to scatter one into her assist pool to send a message to Tissa. I think the gun has been jumped. And... Some words are exchanged between them, pointedly ignoring whatever gesture it was Penelope made that got him so incensed. He is accused of making a scene, which is not incorrect. He is making a scene. But he's not about to take that from the scene maker herself. <laughs> and so a heated argument begins between them. It didn't... I didn't mean anything by it that I... I didn't know that it had a different meaning here. I'm... Sir, it's... You can't just bully people's staff like this. We're trying to have a nice party. What on earth are you doing? It's hardly bullying to call attention to behavior this crass. You're crass. Uh, so Marilyn is going to m make a subtlety athletics roll to try and pull Penelope out of this without anybody noticing. Yes, please. Marilyn rolled very well. <laughs> Three successes. Nice. So as the partygoers begin to gather and 
Waltha begins lobbing insults and Anjin sighs <laughs> and follows her. Penelope, you feel a little hand grab you by the arm and pull you through the crowd into Ooh. the hedges. <laughs> oh, what? Marilyn, it occurs to you that this might be the distraction you needed. And as the first punch is thrown, you realize that maybe this is a good time not to be at the party anyway. <laughs> so what's the plan? Well, everybody, we've been... Um, the plan has been pushed forward ahead of schedule, but we can work with this. Uh, Penelope, this, this way we have Tissa over here. And when, when Marilyn gets close, she just kind of... Uh, yells up because at this point nobody's paying attention to them. Come on, Tissa, we're, we're heading over to the bell tower now. You can hop down. I was going to roll understanding navigation to, like, get to the bell tower, but that's, like, four successes, so I feel bad for rolling that now. Au contraire, I think that instead of hopping down to join Marilyn and Penelope, Tissa spots a really good rooftop route that's, like, a little bit less exposed and... Maybe safer. And also, you get to walk on the rooftops. That's not yeah. something you get to do in less crowded places. Fun. Oh, yeah. No, this is good. This is good. This is how you're supposed to, like, navigate things. You're supposed to just, like... Yeah, yeah. I, I like the image of Tissa, like, scaling rooftops. It's very pleasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a multicolored ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. And so, it's not far. It's only a couple minutes. Three of you reconvene at the bottom of the bell tower. Marilyn takes a quick stop out to grab her stuff that she has hidden in a nearby alcove somewhere. Mm -hmm. And can I get sensitivity rolls, please? Sure can. Yeah, we'll go continue with sensitivity humanity. Two twos and a three, so... <laughs> Marilyn's going to use sensitivity survival because she's an urban gal and that's what her specialty is in. Yeah. Tissa got one success and three fours on sensitivity spirits plus discovery. If you keep one of those fours, I do have information for you. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So, sensitivity humanity. Penelope, you can hear the sound of a voice humming softly. Tissa, in that voice you hear purring like an enormous cat. Hmm. And Marilyn, what was your result? Uh, Marilyn got two successes and one edge success. Two successes will tell you that this spot has line of sight to a lot of estates. From here, you can see any number of fancy parties if you so desire. Yeah, this is quite the vantage point. What party do? Are we all now together up on the rooftops? I think you're at the bottom of the bell tower. Okay. I think Tissa has de-roofed. Do you, do you hear that? Yeah, it's... Penelope kind of looks around, seeing if she can see anyone close by. No, she's in there. In, in there? In the tower? Oh. She saw me earlier. I saw her. Oh. Oh. What? Did you... 
What could you tell anything about about her? Big. She oh. was big, and I mean, if you listen, it's kind of like a cat. Oh. But that's never the important part. Um. It's she's a demon. She's dangerous. Yeah, and I'm actually gonna have Penelope roll a subtlety humanity one more time. She's more frightened than she would like to let on. Mm. Oh, one success, one edge. Well, I think uh, whether or not anyone is paying attention to how frightened Penelope is and whether one success and an edge is enough isn't my call to make because you're rolling against party members. Nick, Kathleen, a success and an edge on hiding being afraid. Your thoughts? I think one success wouldn't be enough for Marilyn, who is used to people, for example, being afraid around big things, you know, like maybe maybe children being afraid. Mm, this is true. Marilyn's big sister instincts are very powerful. Mm-hmm. And her subtlety instincts as well. Um, so do we go in there? Let me let me scout ahead first. But you shouldn't go alone. I'm not alone. You're right here with me. But let me poke at it first. You sure? Trust me, I do this all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. So Marilyn is going to make a... Yeah, let's go with survival. Uh, Marilyn is definitely wanting to keep herself safe on this one. Okay. And uh, she is going to activate her key of determination. Mm. Love it. Well, Marilyn rolled very well. Oh. That is four successes and one edge. Okay. Sort of Symphonies, the podcast, is just so delighted that anyone is rolling subtlety and is good at it that it's just rewarding you. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense, actually, yes. And I guess two twos that she could also turn into successes if she used her power. Yes. Marilyn is a risk taker, which means she can pretend twos are edge successes once per session. But I'm not going to make her do that this time. You sneak up the bell tower, up a narrow spiral staircase. And as you reach the first landing, it gets broader wider. Soon you can hold your arms out and just barely graze walls if you want. You see a creature milling around. You've rolled excellently. It doesn't see you. One of the same figures that you fought on that pub crawl, winged and masked and clawed, just milling around. No violence in its posture. Just pacing. And another one. There's about a half dozen. They're not doing anything. Not really. And up here, I won't make you roll for it. You can hear humming coming from above you. And purring a loud rumble that you can almost feel on the air. This was maybe a bit more than I was expecting. 
I don't think one arrow is going to help me that much here. Marilyn is, however, going to send a message back to her boss. Okay. We found the problem. Greater Demon, Six Lessers, Bell Tower, uh, whatever the name of this bell tower is, the Red Bark Bell Tower. We're in a lot of trouble. Understood. Don't engage. I guess also send help. Yep. That, that's amended onto the first one. I'm not going to make you send another message. Yeah. And then Marilyn will slowly make her way back down to Tissa and Penelope and just go, we're a little out of our depth here. It's uh, pretty bad in there. At least six of the ones that we fought earlier and their boss. Oh, I see. I've sent word to the rest of the Legion. We're going to need some help on this one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wonder... Hmm. And then Penelope just kind of shakes her head. Yeah, let's just lay low, I guess, until... Till backup arrives? Yeah, let's set up a watch station. Keep an eye on this place. If they try and do something, we'll know where they are and what they're doing. They send somebody out, we might be able to pick off any who get away from the main group here. I'll send word to Woltha. Hopefully she hasn't gotten herself injured. I doubt it. She is a much better fighter than anyone else there, but... Woltha will be fine. Penelope kind of grins to herself. Yeah, she'll be fine. So we watch. What are the spell pieces here? So we have view, height, color, cold, lonely, and cruel. Um, so I think Penelope is going to cast a spell. Okay. Encouraging view. It's basically just going to act like an alarm system in that, like, if one of the lesser demons or the noble demon try to go, uh, are leaving the the tower at all, it'll kind of let us know. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I buy that one, Kirsten. Okay. I think encouraging view would be like if somebody was looking, maybe making them see better or maybe like enhancing something that's there. Okay. I think you can do better. I also think you can do worse. And that's kind of what's uh, giving me pause here. <laughs> oh, you know what? I yeah. have an idea. Flying view. Okay. Because, I mean, there's Polly, right? And she can watch from the skies. And then there's, like, a connection between her and me. And yes. if she sees something try to leave, then she's like, ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, something's trying to leave. I love that. Here's what I'm saying. Two will do exactly what you've described. Okay. Four will let you see what Polly sees. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to go for four. Okay. So, Pollyanna is circling. And if you focus pretty much at any time while this spell is active, you can see the world. You can see Stageport. Greener than you expected it to be, but still mostly gray. Sprawling upsettingly far in every direction. For somebody who's from a village, you can see end to end. And Polly can see inside the bell tower. 
there is an enormous figure. It nearly touches the ceiling. And it is a high ceiling in this tower. She is faint blue in color. And she looks like what you and I would recognize as a sphinx. An enormous leonine body with great big blue paws and a lashing tufted tail and wings. Pollyanna's very focused on the wings. They're powerful. And a mostly human face with a masquerade mask of gold over it. And she is contentedly lashing her tail and humming to herself and purring and admiring a room full of riches. And you can tell that Polly is startled when this demon looks out the bell tower and sees her. Oh, shit. Um. She doesn't do anything. She looks out, she sees a cloud elk, and returns to her humming. And every now and again, she looks up from the objects at the cloud elk circling her tower. But if she plans to do anything about it, she gives no indication, except that she stretches out and her enormous paws flex, revealing what you should have expected, razor sharp golden claws like the ones on her lesser daemons. And now I think it's memory time. I think this is the first non-humanoid noble demon we've seen. Rar. <laughs> Rar. A kitty. It's a sphinx. I just love him. I was actually kind of curious for a little while if the noble demons did come in other shapes. I guess they do. I just love a sphinx. Sphinxes are nice. I guess my memory is very majestic noble demon. Mm. Like, I guess that's the first word that comes to mind. Just very majestic. I like it. Yay. I have a couple memories from this one. This was a really good one. Oh, good. I think probably the memory that's going to stick with me for a while was when I realized that Sot was sick and that hit some sort of like deep anxiety spot where it's like, oh no. Cobb's Ark is about taking good care of his crew. Yeah. Aww. That was my memory is that I'm enjoying the small little drama that is unfolding outside of Stageport too. Mm, good. But Nick, you said you had a couple. More memories. Uh, Penelope's gesture. That was really <laughs> good. Uh, you just don't commit to being a White Sox fan like that. <laughs> Not in this part of town. Not in this part of town. Well, everybody, thanks for playing with me this week. This was fun. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. And... I'm curious as to how this is going to go. <laughs> it's uh, probably one of the biggest interactions that we've come across. Well, 
You did fight the Ash Duke. Mm-hmm. We did. We had help. Yes, this is true. You had help fighting the Ash Duke. But don't worry, I have faith in you. <laughs> Aw. Listener, thanks for joining us. We love you. Mm-hmm. If you have memories to share with us, you can join us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord or on our own Heroic Discord. You can find us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or on our website, peachgardengames.com. It's all fancy and pink now. I made it pink. It's very pretty. And if you want to support us with monies, we have a Patreon now. We do. We do. We've got some followers and we're deeply grateful for them. If you want to support us without spending money, that is okay. Rating and reviewing the podcast or the game makes a big difference and makes us happy. So don't feel pressured to spend money on us. If you want to support us without, you can. If you want to support us with money, you can do that too. Or you can just keep being our beloved listener because we just think you're great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks everybody. Oh, also, if you if you recognize the magic card that got stuck in my craw, please, please. <laughs> I just love Ravnica so much. It is her. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bell Tower Sphinx. <laughs> Bye, listener. Bye, everybody. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom Campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy.